Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to um, Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called You Have the Words or You Have the Words of Life. And this series is uh, uh, us looking at things that Jesus has said and how important those things are. And, and me sort of using this as not only an opportunity to talk about some fascinating things that um, Jesus speaks, but also to sort of use it as a way to introduce you to one of my favorite little devotional tools. And, and that's the idea of taking a passage of scripture, or in this case, something that Jesus said, or um, you know, maybe a few verses that you want to dwell on, and then just really focus in on them during the course of a week. And ask God to help you, this is literally the process, to use your holy imagination. He gave you imagination, holy imagination. Ask Him to help you use that to really sort of consider the passage other than just kind of glancing over it. Stop and think about what it would have been like to be there. What were the different people thinking? What was going on? What was happening in the, in the process? And, and ask God to help you imagine what was happening. And, and invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate the passage to you. And, and then, um, you know, I just think it deepens our reflection in the Word of God. And so I would encourage you to sort of take that on. And really what's happening in this series is you're seeing me uh, kind of take something that Jesus says and think about it over the course of a week or so and then sharing with you some of the things that pop into uh, my mind as we go through those things in the process. So um, we've looked at uh, a lot of things that Jesus has said already. And, um, you know, last week we talked about do you believe in the Son of Man and how powerful that was. Uh, today, we're going to look at um, something that Jesus says. It's, it's another one of my favorites. You know, those keep, keep happening. But uh, we're going to talk about how Jesus has come to give us full and abundant life and what that means and how the enemy tries to steal that away. So we'll be looking at that together in just a moment. That's the intro. Transition always has a bad joke. A man looks at his wife and says, I think you're growing your eyebrows too high. And she looks surprised. Do you, do you get it? If you don't get it, ask somebody. It's really funny. <laughs> I thought you'd think it was funnier than that. Okay. Well, that didn't go well. Did you hear about the mathematician that's afraid of negative numbers? He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. Better, really, than the eyebrow joke? I really thought the eyebrow joke was a winner. My wife told me not to do the math joke. I went with it. But I had a third one in the bank just in case. Tell me, tell me if this is... A woman in labor, she suddenly shouts, shouldn't, wouldn't, couldn't, didn't, can't. The doctor said, oh, don't worry. Those are just contractions. Gold, right? That's gold. Okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> Scripture reading here on purpose. John chapter 10. Verse 7 through 10. Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Blessed be the word uh, the Lord. I want to look at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now Jesus has come to give us life 
And the enemy wants to steal that life away. And this battle is played out in the choices that we make um, through the course of our days. If we do the next right thing, we're going we're gonna to find our way into the life that Jesus has for us. If we choose to do our own thing, something else happens. One way leads to real life, and one, one way leads to counterfeit life in the process. So that's the dynamic that we face in understanding what's taking place. We have a very real enemy who's, who's come to steal life away. And we have Jesus who's come, his mission and purpose, to seek and save the lost and to provide for us a way to have real, full, and abundant life in him. So let's pop in and look at this first. Point number one, the thief comes. Um, the thief comes. Now, uh, I don't like to give too much airtime to the evil one, but from time to time we need to expose um, his, his operation just so we're aware of it. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So the thief, the evil one, is looking for someone to devour. He wants to steal your life away. But if you read that carefully, it says he's like a roaring lion. Um, he is not uh, a lion. He, he's sort of a counterfeit one. He's like one. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, roar, so to speak, but it doesn't have anything behind it because, in effect, at the cross, he was virtually stripped um, of everything. Uh, and, and so that's already taken place. But what he's left with is, is a, a web of lies and deceptions and tricks to try and keep people away from life. He, he was, in effect, dealt uh, a, the, the ending blow at the cross. But he's hanging on um, because that's his, that's his evil way until Jesus comes back. But, but he, he doesn't operate in the, in the same realm that he used to. So he really now resorts to tricks, traps, lies, and deceptions. And we have to buy into them for them to have impact in what we're doing. And so he, he's favorite, some of his favorite tricks, guilt is one of his favorite tricks. Um, worry, another big one that keeps people from experiencing life, even believers. Uh, shame, trying to bring up stuff that you've done, and, and, uh, and fear. Um, I would say those are four big ones that he uses to steal life away from you. The very full and abundant life that Jesus has come for and, and gone to the cross for us to experience the enemy wants desperately to steal away from you because that's what he's got left. Um, he's already lost it and he knows that, but he's trying to take as many people as he can with him to keep them stuck in darkness. And even for believers um, who, who he has nothing over any longer, he, he does not want you to experience the full and abundant life that Jesus has for you. So, so anything that he can do to keep you from knowing Jesus and from knowing life is what he does. And, and ultimately, he uses those things to try and get you doing things your way instead of God's way. Um, to start doing things the way that you think they ought to be done instead of trusting in God and living the way he would have you live. And so the enemy is constantly trying to distract you from the truth and to tempt you to live a lie. That's, that's what he does. Using those big things, guilt, fear, worry, and shame, to get you in a spot where, where when temptation comes along, you're more susceptible to it than you would be if you weren't buying into those lies. And that's what he does. 
And so the, the, you know, Peter, the Apostle Peter there told us we needed to resist him. The Apostle Paul adds to this and he says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, listen, no temptation, pardon me, he says, has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. This is a significant passage and something that we need to understand. Part of our lives as believers is um, knowing that we're engaged in a very real spiritual battle and never losing track of that and never losing sight of that. That, that there is definitely a spiritual battle going on um, and, and we, we have to have that in the forefront of our lives as, as believers. Um, we also need to remember we live in a broken world on a fallen planet. And, and because of that, we can sort of be moved into our own selfishness fairly quickly and um, we can sort of move in the way of quick fixes rather than staying engaged in the long-term battle. Um, and, and so what we need to do is understand that, that this battle's going on around us, that it's really being played out in the choices we make. We have a very real enemy who wants to steal life from us. And we have Jesus who has come for us to make a way for us to have real, full, and abundant life now and forever. And we need to be aware of that, that that's ongoing. And one of the things I've found, and I know I've shared this with you, but I like to bring this up fairly regularly, as one of the most powerful tools that we have. Because see, you have to understand Jesus is in this with us. You're not alone in this, this whole deal. Uh, Jesus is always with you in the battle. You need to remember that. And, and with that in mind, there's this prayer that I like to use when temptation is sort of coming upon me. And, and, and you know, being tempted isn't a sin in and of itself. It's giving in to it. Um, all of us face temptations because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet. And, and the culture around us is so broken that it's just everywhere. But it's how we respond to it that makes a difference. And so, and, and again, you are more susceptible to temptation when you're sort of giving in to gear, guilt, fear, shame, worry, some, so that it happens. So here's the prayer, and, and this is one that I would encourage you to memorize. It's, I always call this my temptation prayer. Some of you know it because you, you've heard me say it, but, but here's it. You want to write this down if you're taking notes because this, this is worth the price of admission today. Help! You're very good. You got it. Did you, did you get it? Help! Now, I say that, and sometimes people think I'm being silly. Not even a little bit. I will, I will in the midst of something going on, that's my go-to prayer. Help. It's not elaborate. It's not deeply theological. It's just extremely powerful. It does a lot of things. I think spiritually, in the spirit, it sort of makes everything aware. I, I'm engaged in a battle. It, it helps me to understand I'm not alone because I'm asking for help. Some, anybody here ever struggle asking for help? Sometimes some of us get that way. And we'll think, I can do it in my own strength. Bad choice. I need help. And so I, I ask for help. And, and the reason it's such a powerful tool is point number two. Jesus wants to help you. His whole fascinating deal, Jesus, the creator of the universe, wants to help you experience full and abundant life that he came, you to, give, came to give you. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. That's that tricks and traps that he uses. Fear, shame, guilt, all that stuff. For surely it's not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, 
He had to be made like his brothers in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. How about that? Jesus wants to help you. And, and I think oftentimes we have to let that sink in. We, 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 we so quickly get this all mixed up and backwards. We think sometimes that in order to have a relationship with God, we have to get ourselves fixed up in our own strength. And you can't do it in your own strength. And, and what you can do in your own strength will almost always lead to self-righteousness, arrogance, pride, which are of absolute no use in the kingdom of God. Um, he wants to help you. And so we, we, we have to, you know, not get stuck in the, in the, you know, we get afraid and we get all the guilt and the shame and then we try and fix the outside up without letting anything happen on the inside and, and we just need to admit that we got these messes in our lives and, and in our very brokenness we come to Jesus and he helps us there and he does that and here's another amazing thing about Jesus, it's point three is that he understands you, Jesus gets you. How amazing is it that, that we have a God who has gone out of his way to make sure he understands what it is to be us, what it is to live here, broken, plain, and fallen world, what it is to be in a very real battle with a very real enemy, what it is to experience the range of things that we experience, you know, physically and emotionally and mentally, um, what it is to experience in relationship and, uh, you know, friendship and, and, uh, um, parental love or the lack thereof and, and uh, he, he's experienced those things with us he, he was you know hurt by friends that betrayed him he was you know he was involved in a in, in an amazing sort of you know journey there for a while with some close friends he, he's experienced uh, so many things that, that, that allows him to understand us Jesus the one who spoke it all into being gets you Hebrews 4 14 through 16 therefore since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, he lived this life. He knows what it's like to be us. He experienced temptation, only he never gave into it. But he gets us. He gets us and he loves us and, and, and so rather than point a finger at us and tell us how bad we are and that we need to get it together, he gives us grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. So we've got we to gotta get this in perspective and, and get this right um, or else we sort of just fall into the, the, the mess of the enemy and, and his tricks. So many people are not experiencing the life they could have because of, of guilt and shame and the t you know, all the messed up stuff that we've done, we've done it. But Jesus loves us, forgives us, and wants us to move on and move forward. To understand mercy and grace and forgiveness. Not only for our sake, but it's also how the, the message gets spread. The, 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 when you're stuck in the guilt and the shame, and you, you know, from there you try and do an outward thing, you start trying to follow rules, you become miserable and hard, and it's not attractive to a lost world. And so it loses its impact. We, we, we become critical and finger pointers because we can't settle in ourselves all that's going on. Instead of understanding our, our desperate need for the mercy and grace of God, the one who gets us and, and who wants to help us and who understands us, and that he gives us grace and mercy in, in our time of need. That, that whole help prayer, 
It's all part of that. It, it's, it's simple. And it needs to be simple so you'll use it. Sometimes, you know, we can't figure out all the things we're supposed to say, you know, and we can't put into words even sometimes what we're feeling. And, and, and so there you go. Help. He gets it immediately. And he wants to help because he understands you. And then he wants to help us live it his way. Verse 4, part 4, live it his way. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that verse. Rest for your soul. Doesn't soul rest sound good? Do you ever get all anxious and stirred up and busy and moving and grooving and doesn't feel like rest at all? And Jesus says, ah, come to me. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, in the, the, the yoke, in case you uh, don't know, the yoke is, a, is, is like, a, it was a frame that fit like a collar around the neck or shoulders of two animals, usually ox, oxen. Um, but when they were yoked together, their, their tasks were easier to perform. And usually what would happen is a, one, a, a younger sort of animal would, would be yoked to an older animal and it, could, it would add its strength, but the older animal would use its wisdom and, and help sort of move through the process to help the younger animal learn what was happening on the journey. And Jesus is saying in this whole, we're to be yoked to him, teamed up with him as we go through life. And as we do, um, we learn from him. And because he is who he is, he takes the fullest share of all our burdens. That's why he said it's easy and light. Um, it, it doesn't mean we never have to go through difficulties, because we do, you know, fallen world, broken planet stuff happens. But, but it means that we can experience rest and peace in the midst of those difficulties, because he's gentle and humble, and he's with us and for us. And he's come that we might have life, abundant life, full life, now and forever. And, and that's the heart of that whole process. And I, and I love that about that verse in John 10, 10. It's one of my favorite verses. We have a very real enemy who just wants to steal life away. And we have Jesus who's come and made a way for us to have real and abundant full life now and forever. And that that's all played out in, in those choices that we make. So let me encourage you. Choose to do the next right thing. That's the best way to keep pressing on. Don't, you know, when, 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 when you start feeling the guilt or the shame or, or the fear or the anxiety and all those tricks and traps of the enemy, you use that prayer, help, and he'll come because he wants to help. And he, he gets you and he doesn't beat you up and he doesn't point fingers. He gives you grace and mercy. He says, I love you so much. Go on, now do the next right thing. And he empowers us by his spirit to do just that. Brand new start. No guilt, no shame, just pressing on and moving forward in Him to experience that full and abundant life. So think about that this week and all that that means for us. And, and uh, you know, this whole week, as we build up and move towards Easter, just be, I, I think it's a great place to be. Think about all that Jesus has done and, and why He did it. So that as we come back next weekend and celebrate all weekend long, we're, we're, we're all in that same place of just, you know, amazement. At, at the love of Jesus for us and the lengths that he's gone to that we might have life with him forever. So that's good for um, tonight. If you're watching by video or on TV, thank you for doing that. We appreciate it very much. You can go to our website if you need prayer and uh, there's a place to uh, type your prayers in there and we'll be praying for you or you can call us. And we hope to see you soon. God bless you.